When the journey kills our attachments not only to material things, but also to spiritual aspirations and dreams, we're faced with living from the achy abyss of our own nothingness, a path woven from continual surrender to mystery and wonder. You're listening to Falling Into Soul. I'm McCall Erickson, your host. Thank you for tuning in. I wrote those words a few years ago, and they are perfect words for this episode. I want to talk about the dark night of the spirit. Yes, we hear a lot about the dark night of the soul, but we never hear about the dark night of the spirit. The only time I've ever heard about it is in the writings of St. John of the Cross and also in some rare alchemical texts including Catherine McCoon's book on becoming an alchemist, which I recommend if you want to geek out on the alchemy. But the dark night of the spirit is one of the most important and difficult alchemical phases for the spiritual traveler to live through, so I want to bring it to light. I also have a special musical treat for you at the end of this episode that I will put on my song downloads page on my website for those of you who are donating or have donated to support the podcast and have access to that page. I also put the full version of the piano meditation that I did in last episode. I put it on that page. You can go to McCallerickson.com to learn more about that and ways that you can support the podcast. Thank you all who are supporting in ways that feel most resonant to you, it makes this whole thing more sustainable for me. So thank you. Okay, let's dive in. What is the dark night of the spirit and why is it so important? We can understand this through the lens of the dark night of the soul, which happens after our awakening or our first conjunction, which is the first light, is the first time soul and spirit marry together in our hearts. This is what most of us know as spiritual awakening or kundalini awakening. But what happens after that spiritual awakening is the dark nights, the dark nights of the soul and the dark nights of the spirit. We talked about the difference between soul and spirit in the last episode, soul being the energetic parts of our eternal being that have no problem incarnating into human life and actually experience aliveness through the human physical senses and through matter very easily. The spirit, not so much. Yes, the spirit wants to incarnate through matter, but it's the lighter parts of our eternal being and doesn't come into matter so easily. So we need the work between the relationship between soul and spirit in order for both of them to flow through our human lives. So after we awaken, the soul and spirit go through their own versions of the dark nights, which makes it more possible for both of them to move through the human life in a more aligned way. So let's first look at the dark night of the soul quickly. It's what happens after awakening where our physical senses are darkened. Our senses to the material world are darkened. This can make us feel numb to life, detached from life. But what happens here is we turn inward and the dark night of the soul allows us to experience the spiritual realms, the vertical axis, the subtle and energetic world. It's almost like the internal world, the energetic world, the cosmos, the spiritual world 
it all opens up for us during a dark night of the soul because we're detached from the material world that the inner world seems so much more alive. It allows us to grow our intuitive abilities, our psychic abilities, our energetic feeling abilities, our sensory abilities, internal sensory abilities, and move through the energetic realms because our physical senses are darkened because we're detached from the material world. We often lose our sense of purpose or meaning in the material world while we're going through a dark night of the soul. Something happens that jolts us out of our old identities and our old roles and puts us into contact with that beautiful spirit world. The spirit world starts feeling more real. This is the beauty of it. We build our inner strengths and our inner senses as our material and physical senses are dampened. We can lose interest in the material world and increase it in the spiritual world. This can cause us to feel like the spiritual world is more real, more important, that the material world was all just an illusion. And this is where we can get into spiritual bypass a little bit. We can over-identify with the spiritual world and the cosmos, and we can start to feel like 3D world doesn't matter. It's only the life beyond that matters. It's only ascension into all the other dimensions that seem like the worthy work. 3D life, bleh. Boring, hard, heavy, ugly, yucky, messy. Of course, we're in our spirit feelings. We're in our spirit realms when we're in the dark night of the soul. So 3D life seems meaningless to us. But what happens after a successful dark night of the soul, if we're lucky, if we are meant to go further, if we are to complete the higher operations of alchemy and go for the greater stone, the philosopher's stone in our heart, go for that totality of alignment with our whole being, we go into the dark night of the spirit. And this is really important. During the dark night of the spirit, our spiritual senses go dark. The spirit world seems to lose its luster. Our spiritual practices begin to feel empty or kind of boring. And it's not that they're not good or they're not working. It's more like they worked to deliver us to where we needed to go. They worked themselves out of a job and they don't deliver us the same way they used to because there's nowhere to deliver us to. So the spiritual realms seem less exciting during a dark night of the spirit. We can't really get hyped up on them like we used to, which wouldn't be so bad if we could reconnect with the material world in the meantime, connect to some purpose in the material world, but we don't get to do that at this point. The point at this point in time is to strip us of our attachments to both worlds. So not only have we lost our identities and our attachments to this material world, during a dark night of the spirit, we also lose it to the spiritual world. This is really hard for the spiritual traveler. We enter a kind of no man's land, a no woman's land of the soul and spirit. We belong to neither world. We're out there floating in somewhere that is undefined. During the dark night of the soul, I was actually okay with losing my attachment to the material world. It made sense to me. I never really felt like I fit in anywhere in the material world anyway. I always felt 
like I was too much for the world or not quite right or not quite enough. I never quite fit. It all seemed like there should be more. There was more and I wanted it. So when I was in the dark night of the soul and I was detached from the material world and the material, my material purposes and roles, I felt like I was born for the spiritual realms. I was eating it up. I was traveling the mystical realms, traveling through the cosmos, finding other dimensions to explore. Yes, I might not fit into life on this planet, 3D life, but I was meant for the cosmos. Yes, this was my sole purpose. This was what it was all about. Not the dingy, 3D, boring human bullshit. I'm meant for more. I'm meant for the eternal. That's how he felt during the dark night of the soul. But when the dark nights of the spirit hit, it was like my ego identifications with the spiritual world, with the spiritual roles, were being stripped away. I could no longer hang my hat on any spiritual purpose. I felt like I was being kicked out of the cool club in the spirit realms, which sucks when you've already been kicked out of the cool club in the physical realms. I didn't know where I was anymore or where I belonged. And it was also really painful for my ego because I felt like my insides were being stripped with paint thinner and whitewashed over and over again. I often called this phase the great white nothing because it felt like there was nothing in every direction. And alchemically, white is the color that's associated with the dark night of the spirit and also distillation, which overlaps with dark night of the spirit for those of you who get into the alchemical terms of things. So it wasn't a fun process for someone who identifies as spiritual, as a spiritual traveler, as someone who loves the inner world and is an inner explorer. It's really hard during the dark night of the spirit because all of that falls flat. All the self-help books have to go out the window. All the spiritual practices have to go out the window. You belong to nothing. You belong to no realm. You don't belong to the physical or the spiritual. This is really disconcerting to the spiritual traveler. So once again, we don't do this if we have any other option. The dark night of the spirit is an excruciating process for the ego. What's happening through this process is we're delivered from being someone doing something important to being no one, going nowhere in particular. We don't have a spiritual purpose to hang our hat on. It's death to the spiritual eagle. I think this is one of the hardest things for the modern day spiritual traveler to go through because there's so much spiritual conditioning and there's a huge spiritual healing culture. It's a huge industry. We feel like we don't fit in in the human world, but my goodness, can we find our purpose and hang our hat on our spiritual beliefs? We can totally build an identity around being a spiritual healer, an astrologer, a mystic, a teacher, a soul guide, a psychic, an intuitive healer, all of these things, all of those identities become stripped from us in the dark night of the spirit and subsequent distillation. I wrote these words a while ago and posted them on social media. Spirituality is not a rat race, but spiritual culture has made a rat race out of it. The challenge is to drop out of it and into your own unknown. For spiritual ambition and aspirations are some of the trickiest ways to crowd out the soul. 
we can really crowd out what's wanting to be born through us, the life that wants to know itself through us by hanging on to our spiritual aspirations and our spiritual identities. So even though it's really hard to go through this process and be stripped of our spiritual meaning and our spiritual identities, there are gifts in this. When we go through this process and we're stripped of identifications with the material and the spiritual world, we have nothing to pin our worth on, our value. There's no earthly or spiritual role to hang our hat on. This is actually a gift because we belong wholly to our own existence, our own breath, nothing else. We discover that our worth is inherent in our existence. This takes us from seeking to being. We have no earthly or spiritual team to back us up and tell us we're on the right team or doing the good thing or the right thing. It's like we're free agents for some energy and realm beyond. This is ultimate freedom to the soul and spirit. Ultimate. But it is also terrifying for the human and the ego. Terrifying. Because when you belong to the unsayable, you have no idea what it will ask of you next. But you know you have to honor it. And the beauty of this, when we belong to not one or the other, when we don't identify with one or the other, the material or the spiritual realm, we lose our ego attachments to one or the other, and we take this process all the way through, we become a bridge for both. We become the human life that is the bridge for the material and the spirit realms which allows, when we are that clear of a bridge, it allows the spirit to incarnate more through our lives, through our human vessel. The soul and the spirit can meet in the heart, which is the philosopher's stone. And yes, at when we become this bridge and we go through the dark night of the soul and the dark night of the spirit and are stripped of everything, we will enter life again. We will take on certain roles, certain jobs. We will wear certain hats. We have to do the work. The last phase of the any alchemical journey is returning to the earth with our philosopher's stone and using it in a way that is helpful to others. So yeah, we will work under certain labels or wear hats. But the beauty is, the beauty is, we carry the gift within of knowing that those hats, those labels, those roles do not determine our value, do not determine our worth. Deep down, we know we are nobody special, which frees us to be whatever we need to be. This is glorious. This is a glorious alchemical feat. This is what gives the soul and spirit more room to flow through the work we do. This is the great hollowing out, the great unbecoming to become. I want to end this episode with a Hafiz poem that spoke to me during the years when I was going through the dark nights of the spirit, the great white nothing, and I was being stripped of all my identifications, all the things I thought I was here to do and be one by one stripped away from me. The poem is called, I Have Learned So Much From God, and it takes us into that great beyond, the otherness that we have no words for, the unsayable, sacred thing we become when we see these processes through.
I have learned so much from God that I can no longer call myself a Christian, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a Jew. The truth has shared so much of itself with me that I can no longer call myself a man, a woman, an angel, or even pure soul. has befriended Hafiz so completely it has turned to ash turned to ash and freed me of every concept and image my mind has ever known